It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Jewelry isn't a gift you give just once. It's a way to remind your loved one of a beautiful moment every time they see it. Blue Nile can help you find the gift that says how you feel and says it beautifully with expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com and experience the convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com to find the perfect jewelry gift for any occasion. BlueNile.com. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. For all you foodies out there, I'm unwrapping a McDonald's steak, egg, and cheese bagel. Ooh, look at this steak. And the juice running down the side. Got a little bit on the wrapper here. Mmm. And then the fluffy egg and real cheese folded over the side looking just so good. Mmm. Mmm. Grilled onions and a butter bagel, too. Thumbs up for McDonald's steak, egg, and cheese bagel for breakfast. Love it. Mmm. I participate in McDonald's. The Madhouse Chicago Hockey Podcast is brought to you by Triple Threat Sports. For all your team outfitting needs, call Chris at 708-478-6090. The Black Oak and Oakland, the South Suburbs, finest casual upscale dining, and Marishka's in Crest Hill. Family owned and operated since 1933. Let's drop the puck. Finally. Welcome to the Madhouse Chicago Hockey Podcast with NBCChicago.com's James Naveau. It's not even so much me as it's Ronick. He's good. And 670 The Scores hockey guy, Jay Zawoski. You don't play this game with a big heart and a big bag of knuckles in front of the net. You don't got dinky do. Welcome into a long overdue edition of the Madhouse Chicago Hockey Podcast. My name is James Naveau of NBC5 Chicago, and with me, as always, the one, the only, the resplendently bearded Jay Zawoski. Jay, I am back from Arizona, and I am ready to talk some hockey. How's life been treating you, brother? Everything's been good, man. It's been busy, you know, uh, baseball starting to ramp up at work, and um, the show has been traveling a lot. We just got back from Arizona basically when you left. So it's been kind of a whirlwind week and a half. And I, to our listeners, I'm sorry we haven't been available more. We were going to try to do one via Skype when James was in Arizona, but it just didn't work out. Um, but we're back. We're back. We're in it for the wrong, long haul now. Not the wrong haul, that too, <laughs> but the yeah. long haul. And, uh, you know, we'll be coming to you multiple times a week here as we get rolling but uh it's good to be back there is a ton to talk about yeah there a re- ton. really is yeah um just for the record our our white Sox fan listeners would be happy to know the reason we didn't record on wednesday was because i got caught up at camelback ranch and i was doing some white Sox coverage out there so yeah it wasn't just all cubs this is not an all cubs kind of deal i was a good boy and i went and covered the white Sox too and i <laughs> Had a very nice conversation with Tim Anderson. I really was happy with the way that article turned out for NBC. So, yeah, it was a very uh, – it was a productive time. I had a whirlwind like you did a couple of days. I was in San Diego, went to a World Baseball Classic game, went to a bunch of spring training games, went to a soccer game even. It's a really eventful week in Phoenix. It definitely uh, made every minute of that time worth it. It was pretty awesome. And I am, like you said, we've got a crap ton of Blackhawks stuff to talk about. Can't believe we've only got, what, eight games left in the season now? I mean, it. I know. God, the time just flies by, doesn't it? It's more than eight. I'm looking at the schedule here. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven games left. Eleven so, games? Eleven I, games. I don't think that's right, man. I'm pretty sure they played 74 games. I'm looking at this standing at the schedule right now. They play Florida tomorrow. 
Yep. Tampa Monday, Pittsburgh Wednesday, Columbus Friday. Yep. Oh, I'm four. sorry. Yeah, I'm an idiot. They, Boston, I was Colorado, Anaheim, yeah. L.A. Eight. Yep. I'm a moron. It's the app's fault. Yeah, you know what? Blame the app all you want, but let's just let's face reality. You're terrible at math, and that's why you're a radio producer. Correct. Just like just like I'm terrible at math, and that's why I'm an online sports writer. All right, well, where do you want to start with our beloved Chicago Hockey Squadron? There's a lot to talk about. I know you were out of town, so I'm not sure how much you were able to catch or not. This is literally, we turned on the mic, started recording, and this is the first time we've talked since you got back. So um, where do you want to go? It's your your uh, your dime, your dance floor. Where do you, where do you want to start, pal? Um, why don't we start out just with the game last night? We'll start with just the, the constant theme, it seems like, lately has been that the Blackhawks have been kind of you know, going through like peaks and valleys when there's certain times where it looks like the effort's really there. They're really ratcheting it up. The offense is clicking, all that good stuff. And then there's times where it looks like they just don't give a crap. It looks like they're just kind of playing out the string until the season ends. And I know a lot of fans are getting kind of annoyed by that. And they're wondering like, you know, why the Blackhawks are doing that. But frankly, we've seen this team can turn it on when they need to so what are we worried about well and they've proved they i mean they proved that in the colorado game where they looked horse shit i'll just say it they were yeah, horrible they looked in that awful, game. yeah and they're like all right let's try to win and then the next game against vancouver was a very similar story not quite as bad as the way they came out against colorado who is the worst team in hockey by a mile and you can uh, tell yeah and you could tell and last night uh you know weren't exactly world beaters against the dallas stars either um you know, I, I I'm with you. I'm not. It's not anything that concerns me. Um, maybe now the people that told me last week that they're peaking too soon can f- take solace in the fact that they're not playing great right now. I yeah. don't know. It's uh, that was sort of a. I don't know if it was an argument, but it was a passionate discussion I got in. What is you say the team's peaking too soon? Well, what does that mean, and what should they do about it? Yeah, what does that mean? Do you should they <laughs> dog it? Should they just like deliberately play poorly now so that they've got whatever? in the bag once they start the postseason is that what people want yeah i don't think it works that way but you know if there's any evidence that maybe they are taking it easy or playing at 80 85 percent uh we've seen it over the last handful of games so maybe that's their approach is you know what we're winding down the season there's eight games left as james pointed out correctly um let's just sort of do what we can and and if we want to turn it on at some point and try to win we will um but you know i I, it's funny I, i don't see um you know, there's guys out there playing hard, though. You know, it's not like you're seeing guys uh, skating half speed. It's hard to really half-ass it in hockey. And there are key guys that are playing well, too. You're Patrick Keynes, who he had, what, a goal, and I think he had five shots on goal last night. Um, John Hayden I've actually been pretty impressed with in his time here so far. I think he had three or four hits last night. And then, of course, you can't go without mentioning the way Corey Crawford played last night but had another really solid game and I know he's had some stinkers here and there but I mean the guy definitely showed some flashes last night of the guy that we saw earlier in the season the guy that was really able to kind of stand on his head and take games away from other teams and guys in the locker room afterward we're pointing that out so I mean that's those are the kinds of things you want to see you want to see the guys who are potentially going to be role players you want to see them contributing you want to see your stars playing well like Patrick Kane was and you want to see Corey Crawford really starting to get that confidence and get that groove going and I think at this point it's kind of like I don't want to call it spring training because I mean the seat there's still you know the matter of seating and all that good stuff you want to have the top seed because I think home ice could be really good for the Blackhawks to have with such a young team. I just I'm not looking necessarily at the results so much right now as I am looking at the way certain guys are performing and I'm seeing some good performances up and down this lineup. Yeah, you know I want to go back to Corey Crawford uh, and and you mentioned how he had a bad game against Vancouver, allowed four, Awful game. four goals on ten shots. Uh, three of those goals I don't really have a problem with him not saving. There were some two-on-ones. There were some weird bounces, things like that. Um, but at any time Crawford has a bad game, the whole conversation starts up again, right? Where everyone's mad and he's not, you know, he's not good somehow, and they should and they need to trade him and keep Scott Darling after this season, right? That it, kind of thing. Over the course of eighty-two games, there's going to be games where you suck. I don't care what sport it is. I don't care 
what caliber of player you are, there's going to be games where you're just not that good. And when a goalie has a game where they're not that good, it stands out more than anybody else. You might not notice if Patrick Kane plays 20 minutes in a game and has one shot on goal or Marion Hossa, you know, has three turnovers. Those things don't really glare at you every time they happen when a goalie is having a bad night it's it's abundantly obvious it's like a it's like a pitcher having a bad start there's no way he can hide from it there's no way you know what I mean there's nothing that disguises that so I think the pressure gets on him a little more than uh, it should when he has those rare bad games overall Corey Crawford has been one of this team's MVPs especially in the first half of the year when the Hawks were not playing well They've turned zero question. Yeah, they've turned it around since the All Star break, and he's come down to earth a little bit. He's still playing very well. He's just not playing otherworldly like he was uh, back in the first few months of the season. I definitely agree with that, and I think that you know it goes without saying that we on this podcast have been very supportive of Corey Crawford, even when he's kind of gone through some lulls in the season, and we we recognize that Scott Darling is having a really good year and that he probably is going to get a decent payday. Not like a mind-blowing payday at the end of the season, but I I do still think somebody will pay him to be their starter after this season. But at this point, this is still Corey Crawford's net as far as I'm concerned, and I think that Thursday night was just yet another example of why that's the case. Now, I I did want to hit on John Hayden just a little bit more because I, but, I know before we do that, I want to get to that too. But I want to I want to follow up a question what you just brought sure. up. Sure, Scott Darling is going to make some money. My question to you is, and I have been called the biggest Corey Crawford apologist on the planet. I'm I've worn it, I've owned it. I don't know if it's true, but for whatever reason, that's a title that stuck with me. And this is Corey Crawford's net until the season's over. Do you think the Hawks have seen enough from Darling to th- consider? trading Corey Crawford and making Scott Darling your starter. I I think you can't rule anything out with the way the salary cap has been going. I know that the league has said it's going to go up this offseason, but you still have like the contract extension for Artemi Panarin. You're going to have other guys who are going to be coming up. Richard Panic is probably going to be a guy you're going to have to make a decision on, I'm imagining. Ryan Hartman at some point you're going to have to make a decision on. These are all going to kind of play into it. And Scott, Stan Bowman, what he's going to have to do is he's going to have to decide, is this something that we're going to try to bite the bullet on now and start Scott Darling and trade Corey Crawford? Or do we look at Corey Crawford as one of the – few guys in this league who honestly year after year is consistently good there's not really like there's been maybe one down season in his career and that was I think 2011-12 I didn't think he was particularly good that season but other than that I feel like he's been at a consistent high level and it's really difficult to find guys like that and I don't think you can look at what Scott Darling has done and granted it's been really good a lot of the time I I don't think you can look at him with confidence and say, we're going to let this guy who's had, I think like six or seven really good seasons. We're going to let him walk. I don't, I don't see it, man. I, I, I I would rather keep Corey Crawford unless there is just absolutely no other option available to me to clear salary cap space. It's a really hard decision to make because every time we've seen Scott Darling, get an extended look like when Corey Crawford goes out those first handful of games are always outstanding he's really good making all the saves but then as he has to play four or five games in a row you start to see that game slip a little bit you start to see him have those you know three four goal against games and I wonder and I still wonder and I I don't know if he'll answer this question here or in another city probably another city can he handle you know the 50 some starts he's going to get as a starter um, it remains to be seen. And with the Hawks, with their window wide open right now, them playing as well as anyone in the league, they're the best team in the Western Conference, I think, hands down at this point. Um, I don't think it's time to experiment. If it was if it was two years down, let's say it's two years down the road, right, and we're seeing Duncan Keith and Brent Seabrook, uh, they're hitting their mid-30s. You see Marion Hosa approaching 40, and you know chances are they're probably not going to win a Stanley Cup that year. If, if this is the same situation, then maybe I consider it. Maybe I say, hey, look, you know, Corey Crawford's no, had a I don't run either. here. Scott Darling's played well enough to, to earn a look. We're in a position now where we can give a guy a look for some cheaper money, so let's do it. I just think right now, as much as I like Scott Darling and as much as I wish they could find a way to keep both of these goalies, I'm with Corey Crawford going forward because that window 
like we said, two, three, maybe four years to win another Stanley Cup or two, mm-hmm. uh, and they've got to give themselves the best opportunity. And I still think, despite as well as Scott Darling has played all year, that Corey Crawford still gives them the best chance to do that. And you still have to keep in mind, too, that as those defensive guys get older, as the Seabrooks and the Keiths and the Jalmersons all get older, the Blackhawks are eventually going to have to either develop defensemen from their own system or they're going to have to go out and find some. And they really haven't shown a an ability other than Johnny Oduya a few years ago. What guys have they brought in on the blue line off of free agency or via trade that have really done a lot? It's mainly been the guys that they developed from the Dale Talon regime, honestly. You're right about that. And I was talking to us, uh, our buddy Sean White today, who's a scout for the Green Bay Gamblers in the USHL. Um, I was talking on the air on the score today, and he heard me. Uh, and chimed in about some of the D prospects. He says there's a lot of good D prospects on the way for the Hawks, and I think uh, a lot of us have sort of written off Gustav Forsling because of how inconsistent his year has been. He's been up and down. He's been out of the lineup when he's been up. Yep. Um, so he didn't come out and, and blow your socks off right away. So I think some people are either forgetting about him or sort of underrating him. He is still an elite defensive prospect. I feel the same way about Michael Kempney, too, for the record, that being in and out of the lineup has not really helped his development and hasn't really given us a full picture of uh, what he's been doing. But, sorry, continue making your point on Gustav Forsling. I just wanted to point out that Kempney's kind of in the same boat, so to speak. Well, write Forsling in for next season. I think he's going to be a guy that plays, you know, 60, 70 games next year. Um, you've also got Robin Norrell. You've got Luke Snuggerud, uh, Gilbert Hillman, Gotta C- Chris coming up. There's a lot of young defensemen coming through the system. And I know historically, you know, we said this when this podcast started. Well, look, you know, down the road, you've got, uh, you know, Vili Polka and Victor Svedberg and, and Stephen Johns is coming down the pipe. And none of those, and Stephen Johns is gone. And the other two haven't really panned out. So it's easy to doubt Bowman's defensive drafting. I, I, there's yet to be a defenseman that he's really drafted and developed well. Uh, Nicoletti was a Bowman pick. Yes, yes, it was a trade. Trade. But, um, he, yeah, so there's not really been a guy that he's drafted that's turned out to be great. So I understand um, the hesitation and the fear looking down the road at the D, and I have the same sort of uh, trepidation. But the scouts, the people who know, the people that's job it is to evaluate talent think there's a lot coming down the pipe for the Hawks, and that begins with Gustav Forsling. Can I make a can I ask a particularly ignorant question? What stopped what, you in the past? How, how did the Blackhawks <laughs> acquire Trevor Van Riemsdyk? He was a college free agent, was he not? I honestly don't remember. I thought like, he was I, one I'm of com- the. Uh... I, I'm completely space cadetting on this. I think you're right, but I was just I was thinking to myself when you mentioned Nick Letty, and I immediately was like, "Yeah, that was a trade." Then I was like, "Wait, how did they get Trevor Van Riemsdyk?" Let me. And I'm I looking just, it up on my email here. Yeah, I totally like froze up on that. I completely forgot how the Blackhawks got him. Jeez. By the way, Luke Snuggerud, awesome name. I freaking love that name. There is a Snuggy promotion in his future. There definitely is, <laughs> and I think John McDonough is licking his chops knowing that that's coming down the pike. Yeah, uh, this is going to take me a while to find because I typed into my search on my email, Blackhawks Van Riemsdyk. So pretty much every game notes we've ever had is going to... Yeah, pretty much every game note we have, pretty much every time he's gone on injured reserve or saved a baby from a burning building or done anything like that, it may have been, it may have been faster to go to pro hockey reference. I don't know. That may have been the way to go if I were you, but, you know, you do you, man. Hey, man, you do at whatever. least I'm doing it, jerk. No, I could well, you no, 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 no. We are about to have an on-air production meeting because you explicitly told me not to type on my laptop while we were recording podcasts, and so I'm literally having to sit here and wallow in my ignorance, not able to do anything to find this information. Well, start typing right now. I want, I want the audience to get a, a taste of your, uh, <laughs> of your okay. Typing. Sure, <laughs> go ahead. Let's go for it. Why not? No, there you Sounds go. Sounds great. See? There's an earthquake happening right now. <laughs> yeah, there you go. <laughs> God. <laughs> All right, hang on. I'm pulling it up. Two-year so entry-level deal for the Blackhawks. So, yes, yes, you were absolutely correct. He signed out of the University of New Hampshire. Correct. Okay, now that that's straightened out, uh, let's tell our lovely fans about our first sponsor, 
Triple Threat Sports. They are handling all of our promotional items for our Patreon site. If you want to support the podcast with five bucks, a buck, 20 bucks, 50 bucks, seven million bucks, whatever you want to do, we'll take all the bucks. Uh, Yeah, we will. Visit our uh, Patreon page, patreon.com slash madhousepod. Uh, and when you go there, you'll see all the great things Triple Threat Sports has come up with for us. But they are also the best place to go in the world if you need an NHL jersey or a jersey for your team. Little League Baseball is coming up. If your kid's team needs jerseys, Triple Threat Sports will get it done for you. And they will look sharp as hell on that field. They will be uh, the well-dressed team instead of the, oh, we got T-shirts and little baseball pants and ill-fitting shoes. No, no. Your team's going to look like uh, it could be in a World Baseball Classic, but better, better than that because those logos suck. Um, so you go to Triple Threat Sports. If you got five kids, a 10-guy beer and pizza league hockey team, whatever you need, they will get you in the right pro-quality jerseys at pricing you can afford, and they'll work with you on the logo design, the fitting, the off-ice apparel, you name it, anything you need. And it's not just hockey, like I said, baseball, softball, football, lacrosse, and more. So call Chris, 708-478-6090. That's 708-478-6090. Or email him for more info at chris at triplethreatsports.com. Triple Threat Sports, if you can wear it, they can make it. And again, that's patreon.com slash madhousepod if you'd like to support the podcast. And we always appreciate it if you choose to do so. Breaking news, Chad, Chris, and Boston University just beat North Dakota in the NCAA men's hockey tournament. So they're one win away from having a Blackhawks prospect on the ice at the United Center for the Frozen Four. Awesome. They have, uh, by the way, I want to get to this. Uh, We'll talk about John Hayden first. Elliot Friedman's 30 Thoughts uh, this week had a ton of really cool Hawk stuff. Um, So I want to share that with you. But uh, let's go back to John Hayden because I know you wanted to get to it. Uh, and here, I love how things take on a life of their own. Is I tweeted like, "Boy, Foley's a little over the top here with the John Hayden love in his first game." You know, yep. he had played five minutes, played fine, didn't do anything earth shattering, didn't do anything bad. He was just a guy on the ice. Um, but because he's you know a North American blonde-haired kid with a mullet, <laughs> Pat Foley's going to conglomerate onto him. And, uh, boy, you know, it was a suck fest. But I, I really, really like what I see from John Hayden. Um, I agree. Especially considering, uh, yeah, uh, college season's over. Uh, come on up and play in the NHL right now. Go. Oh, and by the way, you're on the first line. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. That goal he scored, dude. Oh, the first yeah. goal, the kick to the stick, top yep. shelf. Oh, my God. See, that's it's things like that. Who are we talking about uh, man, like a prospect, like you never saw the signs from, like, you know, you saw the guy play and there was never an indication of what was so great about him. That goal right there shows you that he belongs in the NHL, that he has the presence of mind in his second or third NHL game to accept, uh, you know, a pass, kick it to the stick and shoot it where he wants it. Not mm-hmm. everybody can do that. So I've been really impressed with what I've seen from Hayden. And I think you you probably had the tweet of the game. I think it was last night. You said that you have seen more from John Hayden in the brief time that he's been here than you've seen from Thomas Yurko oh, since he no got doubt. acquired no in a trade. It. So if I'm Joel Quinville right now, there's no way in hell I'm taking John Hayden out of the lineup to put Yurko back in. Zero. Like, no. Yurko has not done anything. Like, I have been very blah about him and I wasn't expecting a ton I mean you gave up a third round pick that's a decent pick to give up but after seeing what he did in Detroit and the fact that he couldn't crack that lineup one of the worst lineups in the Eastern Conference the fact that he couldn't get into games with them I wasn't expecting a lot and frankly my expectations have been met well here's the you're right he's not good not good and uh a tweet, a, t- a text from a high-level Red Wings fan that I'm friendly with. Yurko sucks. <laughs> yeah, that's it. Uh, are you sure he wasn't? I mean, are you sure he wasn't referring to the ESPN 1000 personality? Or are you sure he was referring to the uh, former Red Wings wing? I don't know who you're talking about. The other guy, never heard of him. Uh, oh, oh yeah, I forgot. You have you have a very strict not talk about opponent opponent radio. Yeah, because no one thing. knows it exists unless we mention yeah. it. There's another option. Click. Oh yeah. yeah. Well, it's kind of, it's like Beetlejuice. If you say it three times, it'll show up. So <laughs> well, let's not I do see that. If, if John Yurkovic shows up in my basement, that'd be cool. He's no, a fun I don't guy think to hang, I, hang out with. 
See, that I will agree with, but I also am kind of nervous about having a very tall Croatian man just magically appear in my office. Oh, it happens all the time for that. me. Just random Croatian men just come wandering in. By the way, what did, did Danny Parkin say anything to you, speaking of your radio career? Did he say anything to you about meat steam? No. No. <laughs> I, I think he's <laughs> keeping his distance. By the way, uh, you just reminded me. You sent a lovely postcard to my daughter from Arizona. Very nice. She loved it. But, uh, Numbnuts, next time you sign a postcard, you might want to sign it. Dang it! Well, you know what? Okay. <laughs> to be fair, to be fair, who the hell else was going to send you a postcard from San Diego? Well, that's... Oh, it was San Diego. You're right. That's who I knew who it was from. I'm like, who would... Oh, okay, it's James. Like, who's old, yeah. who's old-timey enough to send a postcard? Hi, it's me. I no, mean that, it, I mean that in the, and I said that to Hope. I go, he's so old-fashioned. He's a guy that writes letters and sends post. I like that about you. It's one of your most endearing traits. Thanks, man. I appreciate that. I actually, yeah, I really dig doing it. Like, I love going new places, and I sending postcards is just a really a thing that's really fun for me to do. So I'm glad Addie really liked oh, it. She loves getting mail, so she appreciated. Okay, uh, cool. Elliot Friedman's thirty thoughts. We got so much to get to. So I, I'm I know we're very business like today, and I'm sorry, but we'll make no, fart jokes good, later. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so this came out March twenty second. Elliot Friedman of Sportsnet does a thirty thoughts every now and again. I don't know if it's weekly. Um, spent some time with the Ottawa Senators uh, this week, and with the Ottawa Senators, got a lot of thoughts on the Blackhawks, who they had just played. Um, so first, first and foremost, not related to Ottawa, um, Nick Kiprios had a sit down with Patrick Kane. I've not seen this, but uh, this little uh, note from that interview: Nick Kiprios sitting down with Patrick Kane when then v- Vancouver defenseman Willie Mitchell said Kane quote couldn't play five on five. During a 2009 playoff series, Scotty Bowman handed the Blackhawks forward a copy of the newspaper with that quote as the two boarded the team bus. Wow. Yeah, and and obviously uh, Patrick Kane sort of took that to heart. And uh, 2009, that's probably about the point where you started to see him, you know, focus on D and a little bit after that first cup is when you started to see him become a lot more reliable two ways, so... Um, well, yeah, the, between the 2009 and 2010 seasons is when Patrick Kane put on the fabled 15 or 20 pounds of muscle, really started back checking more, and really, you know, I, I feel like it was hit, like in addition to getting like Marion Hosa, I feel like it was that playoff experience, that bulking up, and that dedication to defense that really helped lead to the, that first Stanley Cup for the Blackhawks. Absolutely, and I said Scotty Bowman, right? You did. Yes, good. It was Scotty. Okay. Yes. Uh, Senators goalie Mike Condon had a great breakdown of Kane's assist to the Richard Panic, uh, to Richard Panic on the game-winning goal last Thursday in the Canadian Capital. Kane was moving behind the net with the puck. This is Condon here. Quote: The rule of thumb is to turn your head when he crosses the middle bar of the net. Uh, y- uh, yes, he was waiting for it. The goalie said Condon turns, and by the time he picks up Kane. The pass is en route to panic. Just a really smart play. So Kane knows that as he's going behind the net to either try a wraparound or just come out the other side, that the goalie's going to turn his head when he crosses that middle point. That's when the goalie knows to look left or right, depending on where the guy is. That's the rule of thumbs. Kane, knowing that, started his way around the net, and as soon as Condon turned that way, that's when he made the pass, and that's when panic scored. Really yeah. cool story. I mean, God, pa- I love that. Patrick Kane, dude, his game has... He's been good his entire career. The last couple seasons, obviously an MVP last year. But just the way he is scoring with ease, man. And he's playing at a different level than almost every opponent he faces. That shootout goal last night was embarrassing. He's just on another level right now. And you see a a really heady player. A lot of times I think we all assume Kane's just a guy who uh, he just has more skill than anybody. And that's why he does the things he does. Uh, No, he's a student of the game. And that's a great example of it right there. So that's two good notes on the Hawks. Yeah. Here's I mean, some more. Yes. Honestly, like you like you said, it, Patrick Kane has more skill than anybody, and we see it all the time in the NHL. Guys who just have skill in every offensive facet of the game, but unless you have the brain power behind it to go with it, it you're not it's not gonna translate very well in this league. You have to be able to outthink your opponent as well. And Patrick Kane honestly does that on the ice. Absolutely. Uh, all right, here we got Derek Brassard on Duncan Keith. Derek Brassard. Brassard? What is wrong with me? Derek Brassard. I, I, I on, don't know, man. <laughs> on Duncan Keith and Nick Jalmerson. Quote, it's like playing against Nicholas Lidstrom. 
It's like playing against Nicholas Lidstrom and Brian Rafalski. They close the gaps and don't allow you to do anything. <laughs> that's, pretty, that's pretty complimentary. I wonder yeah. who's who in that comparison. Hmm. I would think Jomerson's more like Lidstrom. Wouldn't you think? Oh, hell yeah. Yes. And, and, Absolutely. And remember, really early in his career, Scotty Bowman made that comparison. And he said did. that Nicholas Jomerson yep, reminded him of Lidstrom. Obviously, he's not been able to put up the offensive numbers that Lidstrom has. But as a D-man... Incredible. One of the best shutdown defensemen in this game and has been for quite a while. I know he's not he's not going to get into the Hall of Fame. He's not going to get his number retired by the Blackhawks. But there are a few guys who have been more important to the Blackhawks over the course of this run that they've been on than Nick Jalmerson. Totally agree with you. Criminally underrated. Uh, another thought here. Ryan Hartman, Tanner Carroll, and Nick Schmaltz discuss what they've learned this year. All three said they were surprised and impressed by how confident the veterans are. Quote, no matter the situation, they think we're going to win, Hartman said. We could be down two goals with five minutes left, and they believe we're going to do it. Practices, fast pace, he replied, but you better make hard passes. Schmaltz smiled when Hartman said that. You're going to hear it from Coach Quenville if you don't. Hard, hard. That's the quote he uses for Quenville. Carroll added one more detail. You better be able to make hard passes and receive them. And talking to those players, you can tell they realize quickly a lot is expected. Age and inexperience is not an acceptable excuse for sloppiness. So there, when Dang. you see some of that lack of patience from Quenville with young players, it's not That's so much about it. their age, it's about their sloppiness and their inability to receive and make hard passes. Very cool. Yep, and Nick, and we've seen Nick Schmaltz's hands. We know that he can do it. Um, he, he has shown so much improvement over the course of this season. Him and Ryan Hartman have just, they honestly have blown past every expectation that I honestly had of them. I've been so impressed. Hartman the whole year, Schmaltz the second half of the year after he came back from Rockford. I have been truly impressed with the way both of those guys have played, and I think they really, they've really helped kind of rejuvenate this thing a little bit, I think. No Wouldn't, doubt. Would you, would you agree with that? I feel like they really have kind of taken the Blackhawks back to a level that we maybe at the start of the year, weren't sure that they'd be able to click into. I really feel like those guys have kind of helped push everybody else forward, too. Well, well the, they, there were so many question marks entering this year of, wow, there's going to be so many young guys. Are they going to be able to sort of maintain and and keep up with the, with the older veteran players? And will they be able to compete this year with so many young players? Almost all of them have exceeded expectations. Even Tanner Caro, who's not lighting up the scoreboard, just locked in a two-year deal uh, for his play. Quenville thinks that he's a guy that can add some offense as his career goes on. Uh, I like what I've seen from all these guys. And Schmaltz, yep. we've talked about this every week since he's been back. Since he came back from Rockford, he's, Rockford, he's been outstanding. He doesn't yep. look out of place with Kane and Panarin. Wherever he plays, he fits. He's been one of the most impressive ones. And, and of course, Ryan Hartman, who has blown – I mean, I told you – the first podcast we had this year, I said, Brian Hartman can't play. And I've gone on to eat that crow all year long. I did yeah. it publicly on Twitter uh, <laughs> this week. And I think I got you do, you've done it more likes. than once, I feel like. Oh, I've done I it a like lot, you... but I think it's the first time I flat out tweeted, my name is Jay Zawoski, and I was wrong about Brian Hartman. Um, yeah. I mean, the dude has been everything you wanted, everything you hoped he would be, and more. And what's great is you're seeing him get these – um these big moments you know he, the q tried him out at center yesterday didn't really like it but he had the faith to try it and see if it worked you know he's just yep. been nothing but a pro since the seasons began and uh just another kid that sam bowman drafted that turns out to be good who knew <laughs> you know and by the way beat the hell out of dan ham hughes oh, that was that fight beauty, that they had it? man he just he made ham hughes look ham fisted <laughs> <laughs> <sighs> <sighs> I'll just delete that. I'll just take that out. No way, man. That's <laughs> right. part of my. But you know what? Part of my brand is writing letters. Another part of it is awful, awful dad jokes. Well, you have gone two for two. Uh, here's an, two more notes from Friedman. I'll go through them quick. John Hayden, who joined the team after finishing his senior season at Yale, said he never seriously considered going elsewhere. Free agency was an option if he waited until August. And there would have been interest. What's not to like about playing here, he said. There was an opportunity. You know you're going to have a chance to win. They supported me staying in school. There was no reason to go anywhere else. There you go. Absolutely. Another player vouching for the character of the organization. Scott yeah, Darling, who will be heavily pursued after the season, 
had an interesting line about his growth. I stopped worrying about you guys, what you guys said about me. He said on Saturday, it used to really bother me. Darling wasn't being a jerk, just explaining. It's true for everyone, not just athletes. You have to eliminate the noise. Awesome stuff from Elliot Friedman on the Blackhawks. Lots of uh, Blackhawks. Yeah. I, I tweeted that uh, link a couple days ago, uh, so check that out at jayzawaski670. It's on there. So really, really good stuff. I enjoyed it thoroughly. Yeah, yeah. I love those little nuggets that, you know, uh, even interviewing players, you don't typically get stuff like that. You know, they're mm-hmm. like, oh, you know, one game at a time, and we're trying to be good, and blah, blah, blah. you know, okay. It, it all depends on the situation that you're in. Like, it really, it feels like after games, you're never going to get anything good like that. But if you catch guys in the right mood at the right moment in a day, I feel like you get some pretty good stuff out of them. Speaking it, about it, getting really good stuff, Marishka's. Yes. Marishka's Restaurant, 604 Theodore Street, not a half hour ago. Was I down here with my daughter, and she said, Dad, when can we go to Marishka's again? I said, anytime you want. Yes. Let's go now. I'll do the podcast from the cell phone. Uh, Dude, I would have done that in a second. Yeah, I know, right? Hey, uh, <laughs> Joe, we're coming over. Get the table ready. We're going to do a podcast yeah. in person. Uh, but if you want to visit Marishka's, and you should, 604 Theodore Street in Crest Hill, 815-723-9371. Family owned and operated at the same location since 1933. Awesome steaks, awesome burgers. They are famous for their poor boy, which is outstanding. Uh, on Fridays in Lent, they've got the is it cod? Uh, I'm forgetting. It, real, it varies. I believe sometimes it's they have cod. Sometimes they have yeah, they have other stuff. But they always have something delicious for you Lent folks. Oh, of course, it's the Icelandic cod, and it's breaded, uh, served with the best mac and cheese you'll ever have. That's like the Lenten special. Go mm-hmm. get that on a Friday, which is today. Most people won't hear this till Saturday, but whatever. Uh, full menu for carryout, a bar with great craft brews, banquet facilities for groups of up to 110 people. So visit marishkas.com and check them out on Facebook at facebook.com slash marishkas. That's M-E-R-I-C-H-K-A-S. They're open seven days a week and close only on Christmas, Easter, the 4th of July, and Thanksgiving. And we thank them for their continued support of the Madhouse Chicago Hockey Podcast. God, do we love that place. We love all the places, man. And again, if you go to these places, Marishka's, Triple Threat, Black Oak, let them know you heard about them on this podcast. It helps us. It helps you. Uh, it's good. We appreciate everything you can do. Absolutely. All right. What else do I have in my notes here? Well, uh, you, you did mention that we were maybe going to dust off a segment here. Yes. Well, I have to get her down here. And uh, her ah. friends are still here, so it might be a challenge. But we can try it. Yeah, why not? I'm going to text Hope. Send her down. Yeah, so what else do we want to talk about? Oh, we we didn't really mention the uh, Tanner Caro extension. What would you think of that? Uh, Totally earned. I didn't see the money on it. Did you see the money on it? It, it I, from what I recall, it was pretty low. It wasn't, it was about what you would expect. I think it was like less than a million a season. I don't think it was anything crazy. All right. Let me, uh, I'm going to look it up here in cap friendly, but yeah, the dude has, that was a guy who I think a lot of people wrote off as one of those, uh, drew the blue type kind of guys that, uh, we'll give him a look. Okay. He sucks. I'm good. <laughs> you know, it's so. uh, 750 K each of the next two years. Yeah. That's, that's bargain basement stuff. Now, on that same path, uh, Richard Panic now has suddenly scored 20 goals. Yeah. And uh, how about that? Now a free agent after this year, you've gotten him for a bargain deal this offseason. That might be a dude you have to pay. And, or trade. Or trade. Yeah, you're right. And, I, and remember, he's a restricted, not an unrestricted, so you could actually get some value out of him a la Andrew Shaw. That's true. I wonder, I mean, what, what's your thought on that? I what like what's your limit for Richard Panic? What are you willing to pay him to bring him back? Two, three, probably honestly, probably like two, two point two. I I think if you go above that, I feel like you're you're not really getting the value out of him. And who knows if he'll get another twenty goal season? I know he's been fantastic, and I know he's been really good with Jonathan Taves, but I don't know, man. You go above two point two, then you're getting into a territory where you're gonna have to make other decisions, and I'm not really down for that. Yeah, I don't know if I'm willing to sacrifice anyone else I'd like for him. Yeah, exactly. You know, that's, even if that's exactly my point. Yeah, I, I suppose I, it's he's been so good though. 
I know. And it, and it seems like it's it seems like it's a, a like a legit thing. It's not just a flash well, in the pan. He's scoring I'm, I'm not saying he's... that he's like fluky, but I'm just saying that like you have to at some point you have to measure out would it be worth it to keep him if it meant that you were going to have to get rid of other guys because don't forget after next season John Hayden will be a restricted free agent. You're also going to have to deal with, you know, other potential issues like you're going to have to deal with Trevor Van Riemsdyk whether you want to keep him after next season. Nick Jalmerson's only going to have one year left on his deal after next year. Don't forget that. Um, you're you're gonna you're gonna have issues that you're gonna have to take care of, and the question is going to be, who are you willing to say goodbye to in order to keep Richard Panic? Yeah, see, that's 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 the rub. Is he's he's got to be the odd man out? I guess he's the one. Yeah, it sucks. It's a it's a cruel league. Blackhawks fans know all too well how cruel this league can be when it comes to the salary cap. But what are you gonna do, man? You get you gotta at some point you're gonna have to make a decision, and it's you know gonna it's gonna suck. But you're gonna have to hope that a guy like Ryan Hartman can or somebody of that like Ryan Hartman or John Hayden or whoever can potentially step into that role. And I mean. You you already have to rule this trade an unqualified success. This has been one of the biggest fleecings of Stan Bowman's career. To me, it's up there with acquiring Nick Letty for Cam Barker. Like that, it's that level where it's just like, what the heck were you thinking doing that opposing team? Why did you take Jeremy Morin for <laughs> Richard Panic? Doe. Yeah, that's uh, <laughs> that's about as bad as it gets. All right. Yeah. Well, I have located our special guest. She's Yay. down here with me now. Uh, this week's version of Eddie's Fashion Corner, we're going to review the orange Anaheim Ducks jersey. Well, now I at least have headphones. So. Oh, Jeez, sorry. Cool. I bought she my own actually, headphones. Get your own. She, get uh, your yeah. own. Get, <laughs> 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 a little sassy this week, huh? Yeah. Just yeah. something to say that. to James, by the way, for sending you a postcard. Thank you for sending me the postcard. No problem, Maddie. I'm glad you liked it. All right, so here we are. We're looking at Ryan Kessler. What do you think of him, by the way? <laughs> you like him? Not that much, no. No, yeah, you're. it's the, yeah. a good call. All right, so we have the orange Anaheim Ducks jersey. Uh, it's got the old school, uh, you know, the duck, the Disney duck looking thing on it. Uh, mm-hmm. Tell me what you think of this jersey, Eddie. Well, the duck doesn't have to have the dots on the face. Well, that's like a goalie helmet. That's why it looks like that. Oh, uh, okay. Yeah. That. Do you like Never it now, then? Yeah. Okay. And then, uh, I don't like how the, like, um, the, the, um, thing is, like. Gold? Yeah, the thing is gold. It feels unnecessary, doesn't it? Yeah. I mean, don't you think the old purple Ducks uniforms are way better? Yeah. Yeah. Why would you? Oh, she likes the eggplant. Okay. Yeah, it's just a take it easy. (laughs) No, I'm not. I'm not saying she's wrong. I'm saying she's right. I'm just saying I'm kind of I'm impressed that she you know likes them. I'm I'm glad I'm not alone. Well, she has really good fashion taste. Well, clearly that's why we hired her to do this. By the way, how much are you paying her? I let her live under my roof rent free. No, you you didn't. (laughs) He's lying. He's lying. Do you pay me to live here? No. No, exactly. You, you pay me. Oh, well, it feels that way sometimes. <laughs> How about this mascot? Eddie hates mascots. Oh, my gosh. Don't let me look at the thing. You don't like Wild Wing, huh? I don't. Oh, right. she, she is not a Wild Wing fan. All right, okay, so here, noted. here are the three current Ducks jerseys. There's the black one, the white oh, one, and the orange one. I like the white one. one. You like the white one the best? Why is yeah, that? Yeah, because um, it's kind, the 10 is kind of like a backwards cue. It is like a backwards cue. You're right. It does mm-hmm. look like it. Very good call. Well, Addie, thank you for joining us for Addie's Fashion Corner. It was another outstanding addition, and we love having you. Next week, what team's jersey should we do? I don't know. All right, well, you think about it. We'll look at it on my video game, and you can pick, okay? Yeah. All right, we'll talk to you next actually, week. Actually, oh, actually oh. I think the Bruins jersey. Oh, the Bruins. Oh. Your long-lost love. Oh, boy. Oh, stop it. <laughs> okay. I can hear you. I, that's kind of the point. All right, Addie, thank you very much. Go upstairs and have your dinner now. Okay. All right, I love you. All right, that was Addie's Fashion Corner. I know you can still hear me. 
You gotta take the headphones off and go upstairs. I was wrapped in the head. I was wrapped in the thing. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> All right. Yeah, well, that's great fatherhood there, Jack. Bye, James. Bye, Addie. All right. <laughs> she's a little, <laughs> she's a little feistier this week than last yeah, time. Yeah, yeah, Um, the that segment, by the way, was brought to you by Triple Threat Sports. Even though we already uh, did their ad read, they are awesome and we love them. So thank you to them for sponsoring all of Addie's feisty opinions. <sighs> wow, that was that was not expected. It's all good, man. <laughs> So I, I, I'm surprised you haven't had a review of Red Wings jersey yet, you giant homer. I'll get there. Don't worry. I'm easing your Yeah, I, I still have to give you your uh, present, don't I? Uh Oh, yeah. Yes, you do. Yes, I still have to give you your puck. So next time next time we have an opportunity or maybe maybe I'll bring it into the city one of the days that I work this week and maybe you could uh, either swing by NBC or I can swing by you and give it to you. That sounds lovely. Let's do that. All right, we are 44 minutes in. We've not gotten emails yet. I think it's time. Are you ready? Is it really time? Are there really good emails this week, Jay? There's Please tell me there are good a emails. a ton of good emails this week. Perfect. That is exactly what I want to hear, and therefore, I am not only excited to hear them, I want you to make me hungry by talking about Black Oak, please. Let's do it. Email the guys at madhousepod at gmail.com or follow them on Twitter at madhousepod. The email segment, as always, is sponsored by our friends at the Black Oak, a great addition to the South Suburbs. The Black Oak is a full-service restaurant and tavern located at 9630 South Pulaski in Oakland, better known as 96 in Pulaski. My Uh, friends. My friends. Uh, They serve breakfast, lunch, and dinner with hours from 7 a.m. to 2 a.m., Seven days a week. They've got outstanding burgers. They've got outstanding steak. The nachos are awesome. The wings are awesome. The quesadillas are amazing. The fish tacos, again, another Friday staple, are tremendous. Everything you get at the Black Oak is awesome. You can't go wrong. 13 TVs. You'll catch every minute of the Blackhawks. So stop by for an outstanding meal and stay for the great atmosphere. Contact the Black Oak at 708-572-4500 or on Facebook at facebook.com slash Black Oak Tavern. The Black Oak, the South Suburbs' finest casual upscale dining. And we have so many emails this week that I printed them up. You want to hear something really funny, Jay, while you're uh, getting ready to start reading emails? Yes. I actually talked about the Black Oak last night on my way home from the airport. Really? Uh, my wife my wife asked me what was in their burgers. And what was it? Brisket, chuck, and short rib. You finally have it, my friend. I not only nailed it last night and did a big-time fist pump, but I was like, I half, half, half <laughs> to tell Jay about it. Well, I appreciate it. I left it out because I didn't want to embarrass you. But now that you have it, now that you know it, it's back next week. All right, let's start the emails. Ginger Steve. Excuse me. Ginger <laughs> wait, Steve. Wait, 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 wait. It's a different we have ginger. multiple gingers now? That's, that's, What's going on? They're multiplying. That's right. Watch your back, sir. Yeah, Gingenberger. <laughs> You're not alone. He's coming up, too. Don't worry. Uh, he says, <laughs> guys, is there a worse tradition in the NHL than a Minnesota Wild saying, let's play hockey. I highly doubt it. Steve, that's a very good nomination, but I'm going to go with the ridiculous, stupid bell ringing thing in St. Louis with the sock guy. Ah, I am going to go in a different direction than you. Okay. I am going to go with the you suck chant for the goaltenders in Nashville. Very good. hate that. Very strong. You guys are so loud, so good. Knock that amateur hour crap off. You guys are way better than that. Agreed. I'm changing my vote. <laughs> well, I, 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 I'm just, I'm just saying that, like, honestly, we it's, give Nashville ownership a lot of crap about like keeping Blackhawks yeah. fans out. Let it never be said. I will not give Nashville fans crap for anything other than that. I feel like they are loud, passionate, knowledgeable. That's the one thing they do that drives me crazy. All right, email here from Timmy. He said, it seems the Crosby hate is back. <laughs> yes. <laughs> oh, God. When, wait, 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 wait. No, before we even start, when did it ever leave? Uh, I think when he knocked a guy's finger off, it intensified a little bit. Okay, fair enough. Whatever. <laughs> he said, how do you... I, I, Go ahead. I was going to say, wait, I, <laughs> I, I didn't say when did it intensify. I was just going to say it's always been there. It's always like at a baseline of 
you know, loud roar, and then it reached a fever pitch this week. I want to hear your Mark thoughts on this. Yeah. Oh, my God, stop. <laughs> Just stop it. You're not, you don't have a kid yet. You can't make dad jokes. Fine. Only I can make dad jokes because I'm yet a sex you don't, lover. so I'm, I, I'm do. <laughs> I am doing you a favor and doing it for you so that you don't have to sully your brand as the cool guy on this podcast. God, if I'm the cool guy, (laughs) that's a big problem. All right, so with the Crosby hate back, how do you guys feel about some of the things he gets away with? As Hawks fans should know, Kane and Keith get away with a lot of chippy little slashes all the time. Yes, they do. Uh, I don't have a problem. I I think star players get away with stuff. It's just kind of the way of the world. I think it's kind of how it should be, truthfully. Um, it's just that he's such a penis. I, I thought the Mathot slash was over the line. I, I well, think that he, a lot a lot of the stuff he does, I can kind of, it's like gray area, whatever. That I thought was a little bit over the line. See, my here's my thought on it, is what was he accomplishing with that slash, right? If it was a stick lift or something like that, all he did was chop across the guy's midsection, tried to chop the stick down, that's not accomplishing anything for you, really, aside from maybe a minor disruption. That was mm-hmm. a to me. That was a uh, what sort of looking for? It was ill intended, right? He yeah, knew that, that there was, was going there to was hurt. ill intent there. I agree. All right, so uh, I think that star players should get away with stuff. I just I just wish he wasn't such a whiny crybaby. That that's what really bugs me. Fair enough. And we won't. And we as a podcast, I think, have made it a rule that we don't use like. People call him like Cindy Crosby. I, all that we don't do that crap. No, I just call but him a penis. Exactly. He whines. It's it's perfectly okay to say that. Anything beyond that, like we don't we don't get into that misogynistic crap. Yeah, so. we're social justice warriors. Yeah, read our iTunes reviews. You'll learn that quickly. It's my favorite wrestler of all time, the social justice warrior. <laughs> Here his, it comes. His ladder, his ladder match at WrestleMania <laughs> 7 with the Ultimate Warrior was pretty great. Oh, uh, the Battle of the Warriors. All right, we got to speed up here. Come on. All right, Liz Holbrook. Liz is a uh, frequent contributor on Twitter and to our podcast. We appreciate it. She Her first question regards uh, the Hawks peaking too soon. We already addressed that. So she yep. has a non-hockey-related question. She I says, love this. Me too. She says, on April 1st, my sister and I are headed to see Hamilton. Yay! As a late Christmas gift. We've been to Chicago plenty of times before as we grew up fairly close to the city. So we've hit all the well-known restaurants. What would you guys recommend for a restaurant near the Private Bank Theater that isn't as well-known but deserves to be? Also, bonus points that they have great craft beer. I don't know. Go to First Draft, man. Is that, that, that there? Place is that close? Pat- I believe it is. I believe First Draft is close to the private bank. I, I'm not as familiar with that area of Chicago as you probably are. Like, you've been working up there longer than I have. But It's a little, I, yeah. If you want a drink, go there. Like, that place literally has, like, 6,000 beers, and they've got pretty solid food selection. So, maybe go check that out if you haven't been there. If I'm, if I'm, see, I work on Randolph of Michigan, which is sort of close to the theater district. So, I recommend to people around there. Um, Paisano's Pizza is Always. really, really good. That's on Madison, like Madison, just uh, west of Michigan. And mm-hmm. then there is Broken English Tacos. Oh, yes. Yeah, actually, I, that's a good one. Good call. I've been there. That's on Randolph, just west of Michigan. And they make their cocktails, like their margaritas and their drinks like that. They make them fresh every morning. Oh, and it's tapped. Yes. They come through yes. taps in the basement. It's incredible. That's awesome and it comes super fast super fresh it's terrific broken english and super alcoholic yeah oh yeah hey. yeah and the food is great too mm-hmm. all right uh burger meister gingenburger that's what he called himself <laughs> this week <laughs> ridiculous human being but that's why we love him he yes. says uh, do you guys think uh stan bowman and theo epstein could be successful management people in other sports do their skills translate to any sport a very timely question with the Extremely passing of Jerry Krause. question. Yes. Oh, man. I absolutely think so. I especially I, think Theo. I think Theo could do any sport he wanted. I, I literally think Theo could pretty much do anything he wanted to do. If he wanted to honestly run for governor of Illinois in 2018, I not only think he would win, but I think he would be extremely successful. And that's saying something because that guy just, he literally just does stuff. 
yeah. he puts his mind to something, he does it. It's incredible how smart he is and how he's able to kind of channel that will into the success that he's had in baseball. And he's just a very bright guy outside of it, too. I think he could literally he, he could do anything. So I, I would say absolutely Theo could do it. I'm willing to bet Stan could. I'm not sure like what their interests are in other sports. Right. But I'm willing to bet that they would be able to channel their skills and their intelligence and be able to do that. If this Theo Epstein thinks he's so great, go save the Cleveland Browns. You know what? I bet he could. <laughs> yeah, he could. He totally could. <laughs> All right. Next one from Chidantis. Or Chidonis? Like Adonis? Chidonis. That's it. Chidonis. I like that. Well, it's kind of it sounds kind of broish if it's Chad Donis. Like you're like, hey, baby, I'm Chad Donis. Well, I'm not going to judge on him. Me. His, his, Whatever. It might just be his name. I just, I dig the name. Whatever. Like, I, I'm just commenting that that's what it sounds like. I really dig the name, though. It's cool. The Blackhawks have been ranked as one of the best teams in the NHL when it comes to using analytics by ESPN and MIT. Do they have advanced metrics that measure leadership? Could this be why they gave Seabrook such a, a good contract or a big contract, I guess? Um, I don't think you need metrics to measure that, man. You it, Just from talking to the Hawks players I've talked to this year, a lot of them being those young guys we mentioned from Elliot Friedman's column, they all, to a man, that's the first name they say is Brent, Brent Seabrook. Seabrook. The, absolutely. Mm-hmm. And let's not forget that series against Detroit when Jonathan Taze was losing his damn fool mind in that series getting uh, stifled by Henrik Zetterberg, that Seabrook's the guy that went into that penalty box and said, dude, we cannot win without you. Pull your head out of your ass and come with us. And yep. it worked, and the Hawks went on to win that series. Um, that dude's leadership cannot be uh, undersold or oversold. He is, Literally watch any highlight video yeah. of the Blackhawks from 2009 to present. Brent Seabrook is always the guy that as they're going into the tunnel to come out onto the ice, he's always the one pumping him up. He's always the guy in the middle. He is Jonathan Tabes leads by example. Brent Seabrook is the vocal leader in that locker room, period, end of story. Yep, absolutely true. Uh, Paul and Watsika emails. Watsika? Watsika, isn't That's, that where your mom lives? That is exactly where my mom lives. Wow, awesome. There you go. Um, he. Uh, this is a long email. Basically what he's saying is the Hawks suck at faceoffs. Which is they true. Do. He says, can the Hawks fix, fix this, or at least not suck as bad come playoff time? Um, you know, all you can do is work at it, and yeah. you've seen a lot of these younger players really working hard to get better at face-offs in practice. Um, they've been bad at face-offs for a while, and I don't think it's going to be something that really comes back and haunts them. Um, it's, obviously, you'd opt to be really good at face-offs, mm-hmm. but... Um, it's something they would – I'm sure they'd like to improve, but I'm not – I don't think it's going to derail them too much. There are ways to get around it, and there's also a lot of analytics if you are willing to kind of dig into numbers and articles. There have been several good ones written about how faceoffs really don't have the impact on possession that a lot of people would assume that they do. There's a lot of really interesting research behind it, so – to answer your question directly, I, I wouldn't I'm not gonna say you're gonna see a lot of improvement. I don't think it's gonna come. There's no like magic bullet to cure it. But I would suggest if you want to look at it a little bit deeper, there's a lot of good research on the internet about the impact that faceoffs have possession wise. So I would strongly advise you to check some of that out. There's been some really good stuff written. I wish I could point you directly to an article, but here you know, that I just saying if you search for it, you'll find it. All right, email here from Scott Cleave. Said, my wife and I follow you from Wiesbaden, Germany. I hope I said that right. Dude, (laughs) we've got a German listener. That is awesome. Uh, He moved from Chicago last autumn, so we appreciate you sticking with us. You You keep us up to date with the Hawks and entertained on the weekends, usually when we're making breakfast. Thank you. You're welcome. Thanks for listening. Uh, so with the jam scheduled the rest of March and early April, do you think Q will rest some of the older players for the playoffs since they are locked into the one or two seed? I'd like to see mm. Hosa, Keith, Seabrook, and Campbell, to name a few, get some rest before the playoffs. It'd be nice to see early season Hosa again with the burst he showed after getting some much-needed rest in the offseason or as close as like, we can get to that. Scott, thank you for the I feel like you've been email. seeing a little bit about – You've been seeing a little bit of it with Nick Jalmerson, that he he hasn't been playing every single game. They've been kind of trying to rest him a little bit. I know he's probably still banged up, but yeah, I think just judging by that, yeah, I, I could see that happening. And I think you'll see just some of the overall numbers start to go down the minutes. 
Um, I don't think he's going to absolutely sit guys. Maybe the couple games immediately before the playoffs, uh, if there's really mm-hmm. nothing else to gain. Um, I do think they will play for home ice, and if the Wild make up some ground here, uh, you'll see those guys stand. But you might see the last two, three games, some of those veteran guys sit. There's definitely uh, options elsewhere I think that can play and fill some time. So I, I, I wouldn't rule it out, but I think if there's anything to accomplish, such as home ice, they will stick uh, with the main guys for most of the time. I, I would agree with that, and I would also like to apologize to you, Jay. I've been very amped up the entire podcast, and I keep talking over you, and I'm trying really, really hard not to. That's okay. I apologize. It's uh, the challenge of Skype. Yeah, it is a little bit, yeah. No, it's all right. I, I usually edit. When we do it, when there's a really egregious one, just taking people behind the curtain here, uh, like Mike <laughs> Murphy would say, um, I edit out when we talk over each other really bad. Mm-hmm. I'll just take... I'll take yours and delete it and make sure my voice is featured more because I'm more important. No, I'll yeah. <laughs> I'll take out the comment of the person who is not making the point. Ah, okay. You know, that so makes sense. I, I do my best. To, it is tough. And I know that it's something that we, I'm a lot more conscious of it over the last couple of podcasts because I've been having to edit them out. Um, mm-hmm. So, but it is a challenge and I appreciate it, but well, it's fine. I don't care. We're having fun, man. Who gives a shit? Uh, as long as you accept my apology, that's all I want. You Jay. never, I never want you to be me. mad at me. I'm never mad at you. I'm not a mad guy. I like everybody, especially you. You're one of my favorites. Oh, uh, thanks, man. Uh, Jennifer Kaufman, she writes, uh, lifelong Hawks fan living in Cincinnati. Oh, God. And I'm thrilled to have discovered your <laughs> podcast several months ago. Next time my husband and I are in town, we're hitting Mariska's, the Black Oak, and the Green Mill. Uh, Make it happen. Save some gas because you'll be going over God's creation to get to those three places. But by all means, absolutely hit up Marishka's in the Black Oak and tell them mm-hmm. the Madhouse Pod sent you. Uh, she has absolutely. two questions. When the when the expansion draft takes place, where do you think, quote, regular people who love hockey should follow along? By that, I mean, I listen to games every day, geek out over analytics, uh, et cetera. But I'm just catching on how all the moves, contracts, et cetera, will affect teams next year. Who do you think will have thorough plain language coverage of the drafts? Well, I think it's going to be a really fast process, right? It's just going to happen over the course of an afternoon, and then so there won't be too much to keep up with. So don't sweat that. Secondly, she said she needs a hockey name. She loved the discussion on episode 22, who could forget, and decided I must make my own happen. I mean, who doesn't love a self-appointed nickname? Any idea? So for Jennifer Kaufman. Hmm. Well, coffer coffee co- I, i'm going with coffee, coffee. immediately coffee immediately came to mind but here's what you me. gotta see it's like campbell though like you can't just call him campbell or can't it's gotta right. be so it's gotta be a brand of coffee right that would be like the Maybe. way to do it like a folgers <laughs> I, I don't know something like wow it's, it's gotta be a play on coffee that's what i'm that's what i'm saying yeah, like, see, so yeah, you're thinking probably like call her like Starbucks or something. Starbuck like, or so, yeah, something like that. I don't know. Starbuck, yes, yeah. You're you're either gonna be Starbuck or you're gonna be Skyline because every time I think of Cincinnati, I think of Skyline Chili. So you get to pick. Whoa. You can be Starbuck or Skyline. Your choice. Uh, it stuff's gross. Okay, uh, right. I don't I don't disagree, <laughs> and I hope that Jennifer doesn't get mad at us for not really digging Skyline Chili. No, it's horrible. It's not. It's not. It's not. I don't think it's awful. I just don't. It's one of those things that you go to a city and everyone's like, "You got to do." It. It's like, eh, I guess. No, it's it's okay. It's not great. But anywho, please continue. Ryan from Caledonia, just north of Racine, uh, James is only right about the Detroit sucks chant. If he's okay with Packers fans playing and chanting, the Bears still suck at games in which they're not even playing the Bears. And if he's okay with that petty garbage, then maybe he's just okay with petty garbage. Thank Wait, you, Ryan. What? What? <laughs> whoa, whoa. I'm getting come at on something crazy here. What the heck, man? I agree with Do what him. you want to do as a fan. Fine. You know what? If I'm if I'm if I'm fine with petty garbage because I like fun, you know what? Call me petty garbage. That's your hockey. I don't game. care. Petty garbage. Yeah. <laughs> Call me that. <laughs> well, I'm gonna start. Alright, well that's it for the emails, and that's gonna do it for this week's edition of the Madhouse Chicago Hockey Podcast. We appreciate all you guys listening. Again, if you'd like to support the podcast, visit patreon.com slash madhouse pod please subscribe to the podcast please leave reviews 
on your podcast software. It really helps us move up the charts and become more visible to our listeners. We're noticing a lot more, uh, which is great, which means what you guys are doing is helping. Please keep that up. Again, we've got listeners in Germany and Cincinnati and all over the place, so they're finding the podcast. Our download numbers have been ridiculous, something around uh, 7,000 for our last episode, which is just incredible. Uh, that's obscene, yeah. Um, so we greatly appreciate it, but please keep that up. Keep those reviews. Keep those ratings up. It really, really helps us out. Um, but until next week, the Madhouse Chicago Hockey Podcast has been brought to you by Triple Threat Sports. For all your team outfitting needs, call Chris at 708-478-6090. The Black Oak in Oakland, the South Suburbs' finest casual upscale dining. Amarishka's and Crest Hill, family-owned and operated since 1933. Thank you all so very much for listening. And, James, we will catch up early next week. Indeed, sir. All right. Thanks, everybody, for listening, and have a great weekend. We love you. We adore you. Have a good time. We love you a long time. To show you how easy it is to file a claim with GEICO, we hired a soap opera star. Gracious me, my car has storm damage and I've had to file a claim. Could it possibly get worse? Will my claims team leave me for someone else? Someone less intense? Um, no. Actually, when you file a claim with GEICO, you get your own dedicated claims team who promises to stay with you throughout the process. Oh, I've never known such loyalty. I can't wait for the second season. Geico. Great service without all the drama. Today on News 4 at 4. It's one of the most anticipated lists of the year. Consumer Reports top new vehicle picks. Susan Hogan is working for you, showing you the safest, most reliable cars for your money. Today at 4 p.m. on NBC4. Many kids in our area are back to in-person learning, and we are helping you keep them safe in the classroom. We're working for you. Small steps you can take at home to protect them at school and expert advice to ease anxiety for you and the kids. This week on News 4 Today on NBC4.